following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R, and I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L-O-C. He's the man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter, or Twitter X. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yo, Mario, what's going on, bro? What's up, man? It's It's been a, about a week and a half, maybe two weeks, that we last did a show. Uh, we were supposed to do one. I don't know when we were supposed to do one, because it was like my birthday weekend. We are supposed to do one this weekend. That didn't happen. Yep. So, yeah, it's been about a good two weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, sometimes when we when this happens and, you know, then we record a show like this midweek, uh, you know, because we couldn't do it over the weekend, it always ends up being a lot to talk about. And, uh, you know, we, we cover everything in one episode. So That's very true. Hey, here we are, man. That's very, very true. Ryan, how are you, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Um, a lot of the same, you know, going on. Not much. Uh, nothing new, really. Just, uh Life, man. You know, life. Yeah, yeah. You know, this life gimmick, as we get older, it could become, I don't want to say complicated, but I guess there's so many twists and turns, right? Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a good uh, description of it right there. I know you feel the same, and, you know, oh, I'm yeah. sure everybody who listens to this feels the same, too, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of just like as you get older, things get crazier, and uh, it just feels like time just go so fast you know like the weeks and the months and the years and that's crazy that and it's like you know because we're both wrestling fans and we watch sports too and you know when when we can we splurge ourselves right and we kind of treat ourselves to going to like a wrestling show or going to a game or whatever right and then there comes to a point and i'm not saying that we're not like we haven't been like this before but then it's like you know what i need to cut back for a while to get my money up so then I can start yeah. doing this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a cycle. Right, right. Because, like, even with me, like, GCW's having their big uh, Fight Club weekend this weekend. And normally I go, right? You know, AC's not that far away from me. But, you know, I decided to kind of take a break because, you know, I want to... And I'm not saying I'm broke or anything. Absolutely, I'm not broke. It's just I want to get my money up, you know? And I've been doing a lot, you know, the summer and, you know all out and all this other stuff it's like you know what i i could i could chill out for a bit yeah yeah no for sure and uh you know i i know that day's gonna come it's gonna be really tempting so you know what mario i'm not counting you out for for sure on that i you know 
I'm done, I have a yeah. feeling you may, you know, may change your mind on that AC thing, but uh, no, nah, I'm just playing with you. No, I'm definitely yeah, not no, going I do the same way though, dude. I, I have to, uh, I have to save up, and you know, like you said, not when I'm broke, but it's just kind of like got to get your priorities straight, and uh, you know, you can miss a couple events here and there, just like, like you said, basically to to stock up <laughs> to so that we can do it more next year. <laughs> Oh man, doesn't mean necessarily that I'm broke. Like I have no money. It, yeah, it means that I have money that I'm just not willing to spend. <laughs> yep, same here. That's uh, that's exactly it. Yeah, and I just and especially you know right. not willing to spend on wrestling. You know, things yeah, of course, spend. yeah, wrestling. Other things, more more important things, I guess, if you if you will. Yeah, not only that, but then you got you know, and I'm the biggest Grinch during the holidays, but still. You know, there's the holidays, so you got to buy this, and you got to buy that, yeah. and it's like, oh, man, because that shit's right around the corner. I know, man, I know. Where, where the hell did this year go? Bro, I still remember January. I still remember January. I'm still, I still remember January being in San Antonio for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and not even just that. I, I remember being at the studio. I think we did our first yes. uh, show of the year, and I came to the studio, and that was the the week. And we the had first pizza. Of January. We had pizza. <laughs> And we had pizza, yeah. Leo made that the pizza outside in his oven, and yeah. that long ago, right? We so. we were marking out for King of Queens. We didn't oh, know that we were yeah. both big fans of it. Like, oh, man, yeah. I still remember all of that, like in detail, like it happened yesterday. I know, I know. It's uh, it's crazy. It really is. I just. Like I said before, the weeks, the months, the years, they fly by as you get older. People used to tell me that when I was younger, you know, enjoy the times now when you're young. And I was just like, nah, you know, I just want to move on and, and grow up and get older. And like, man, I'm telling you, it's so super true because, uh, you know, I just wish everything would just slow down. It's not even that. It's just like, and, and this is a re- we're going to get to the wrestling. We're just talking about life for yeah. the first like <laughs> so for the first like monologue of like the now. five minutes of the show. But, you <laughs> know, there's no raving about life. <laughs> there's no handbook on life. Right. You just kind of got to, you know, create your own path. That's just life. That's how, you know, you, life is like a roller coaster. You just, it goes up and down. And also you got to take like the initiative of, I guess, making the best choices, too. Listen, I, I think you need to name this episode Life Advice with some wrestling talk. Oh, you know what? I think we're going to name it. We're going to name <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, this is just too good. This is just too golden. It, it's almost like I'm like, dude, wait, do we really have to get to the wrestling? Like, let's keep going. <laughs> you know what? Forget about Wrestle Dream. Forget about everything else. Let's just talk about life. for the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's, you know what? That's signs of us getting old. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. All right, but other than that, you're doing great, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing good too, man. Um, like you know, going back to life takes you on mysterious roads and the universe. Take a shot. Take a shot w- w- when we say life. Life, right? You know what? Episode. Take a shot when we say life. How about Be drunk that? before we get to the wrestle wrestling talk? <laughs> and yeah, the universe works in mysterious ways. And right now, in this point of my life. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I got no complaints. Good, good. I'm, I'm happy that your life is going good. <laughs> Four shots in or five shots in at this point. Oh, probably more, I think, <laughs> honestly. All right. I will not be drinking an alcoholic beverage for tonight's episode, you know, because it's, it's about to be 1030 on a Tuesday night or whatever. I'm not drinking a Rebel either. But what I will drink is this little Waterloo sparkling water gimmick. Okay, so I'll crack it open. Hashtag it's not rebel time. Damn, that's a nice little crackle. And I'll be sipping on this for the show. So, Ryan, what do you want to talk about? You think you know me. 
and that's the Rated R Superstar, Adam Copeland. <laughs> okay? Jesus Christ, man. It was a big pop for me. You know, you, you saw the, the rumors and the news going on that Edge was supposed to make his debut on uh, Wrestle Dream, but it's never like, even when you expect it, you're like, I got to believe it when I see it. And the fact that, you know, we got the little video package or whatever in the beginning, but then hearing the, you think you know me, even though it wasn't like the WWE version, it was, it, we found out it was Beth Phoenix that did the, the, the saying, you think you know me, but it was the same presentation from WWE, the pyro, the timing of the song, everything, everything to the T. There was no, there was no like tweaks of anything besides like the, you think you know me cover right from Beth. Other than that, it was the exact same presentation of Edge from WWE. And he shows up, and then you get the face-off with him and Christian, and he gives you a little tease that he's going to hit uh, Darby, or was a sting with the chair, with the concerto, and then he ends up hitting Nick Wayne. He hits fucking Luchasaurus, and Christian bails out of the ring. He hits Luchasaurus with the spear. And while it's he's using his real name, Adam Copeland, it's fucking Edge. Edge is an AEW right now. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you said it perfectly. It's one of those things where I really had to see it in order to believe it. And, man, I mean, I, I still can't believe it. Like, it's just absolutely crazy. Like, who would have who ever thought if, if you would have said uh, – <laughs> you know, I was going to say years ago if you would have told me that this would have happened. But if you would have told me two months ago that this would have happened, there's no shot I would have believed you because I never thought yep. this would ever be a reality. You know, I, I just always figured that – Edge would be a WWE guy for life. And I also thought that, like, you know, the clock was ticking on his career, and, like, I think he's going to retire. Um, I was actually at the point a couple, a couple months ago where I was like, I think he should retire just because the guy has nothing left to prove. But, man, seeing him come out on Sunday all fired up, um, the presentation could not have been any better. I'm so glad he got the Metalingus, uh, you know, oh, song. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and just everything was absolutely perfect. It fired me up so much. And then to hear him in the in the post-show press conference talk yep. about uh, facing off a potentially against Kenny Omega. <sighs> I'm all in, bro. I'm all in on this last run with Edge and uh, Adam Copeland, excuse me. Uh, that's going to take some time to get used to. We're but... still going to call him Edge. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah. We're yeah. going to call him. You know who's going to call him Adam? And that's Roger Strong. Adam! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it, I mean, so many Adams now in AEW. It's pretty funny. You got um, Adam Page, Adam Cole, even though he's hurt again. You got um, Adam Copeland. Who else? Yeah. What, where's another Adam? I feel like we're forgetting another Adam. Uh, those are the only three that come to my mind right now. But, I mean, hey, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we are forgetting uh, another one on the roster. I mean, the roster's so big. Um, but, man, oh, man, dude, it was – it's just – it's crazy. Uh, and, you know, it's so funny because it was getting late on Sunday night. You know, like Sunday night – AEW doesn't normally run Sunday pay-per-views unless, like, the next day is a holiday and everybody's off of work. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's just another case of, like, these pay-per-views are so long. They go so late. And I was so tired, man. And, like, the main event was really good, but yep. I'm just tired. Like, my eyes are getting heavy, and I'm, like, I, I'm obviously pumping through this because I need to see Edge's debut. Um, but then I was just like, dude, as soon as this pay-per-view goes off the air, I'm going to sleep. Bro, 
I didn't go to sleep until like <laughs> three in the morning, dude. I was so jazzed. I was fired up. Oh man, dude, I was this is an so, unbelievable moment. I was all a uh, little TMI here. Okay, I was watching the pay per view with my cousin Manny. Okay, shout outs to him. First of all, he called me a mark because he's like, "You knew it was gonna happen. You're popping." I'm like, "Bro, because it's a big deal." Like, yes, I expected. It. I I told him, I'm like, "Edge is debuting tonight," but just witnessing that, it's I was I was all I was all pumped up. I was telling in the group chat, Iridian, Teddy, Lowe, and Casey, I was like, I might be so obnoxious and pumped up with Edge's debut tonight. I might just go in my backyard and set something on fire for no reason. That's how excited, <laughs> that's how excited I was. Like, I was excited just for the thought of Edge, you know, showing up in AEW and with the Metalingus song, right? But then just seeing it live. Now, for the record, I was watching the paper, you know, you know, hitting the little vape ski. OK, so I was already, you know, feeling nice. But then after seeing Edge's debut, I was just on a natural high for the rest of the night. I was watching the scrum. First of all, you couldn't tell Tony anything in that press scrum. That dude was so fucking happy. He was he was like on a different level of high. Now, what kind of high that was? Not really sure, okay? But Tony was just so fucking happy. You saw it in his face. You saw it in his body language. That man was so excited. You couldn't tell him anything. And you couldn't even blame him either because as much as people like to crap on Tony, and I'm not one of those individuals, okay? I love Tony. But the man has had a rough time in recent months. And to, and that, granted, he's been knocking out these pay-per-views, especially, you know, not including Wrestle Dream, but the last two ones, right? With All In and All Out, right? But we already know what happened there. You know, the week leading into All Out and what happened All In. The man has had it rough, okay? And then going back to what happened last year, a brawl out. But in this pay-per-view, first of all, everything went smoothly. And then you have this great debut. Fuck, this man was just fucking smiling ear to ear 1,000%. And you know what? I'm happy for the company. I'm happy for Tony. I'm happy for my guy, Edge. You know I'm a big Edge guy. So I love seeing my boy, Edge. And with the same presentation? Oh, come on, man. I don't know how anybody could complain about this. Oh, man, I, I know. And you, you knew there was going to be people complaining about it. And, you know, just go to Edge's Instagram and Twitter. I mean, it's What a great comments. guy he is. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's just a stand-up dude, a class act. I mean, uh, listen, after those tweets and, and everything, too, I was like, all right, like, I mean, how could anybody not understand this? You know, like, he basically laid it out. And then I don't know if you got to read the CBS uh, article today that he um, did an interview with. And he basically laid it out there again, talking about how – you know, he, he went through his daughters, uh, you know, for their advice on what to do next. And they said, you know, go be with Uncle Jay, like end your career there. You'll have fun. And Beth Phoenix saying the same thing. And, you know, him Edge basically saying that, like, he was creatively just, you know, he had writer's block. Like he, there was nothing in his mind, uh, you know, that he had left to do there. And like WWE had no creative pitches for him they had no plans for him so they basically just outgrew each other which is basically the exact thing that edge said in one of his tweets um after his debut and and listen like he's done everything there he's faced everybody there i mean even coming back in 2020 he basically faced everybody i, I mean let's be honest is there one name in wwe right now that he didn't face upon coming back that you wish he faced I mean, nope. okay, no maybe one. you could say Cody, maybe you could say Kevin Owens. Yeah. But I mean, listen, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Like I could, I could die happy without seeing those matches, you know. 
So this just, uh, it just makes too much sense. It's a match made in heaven. And man, just to see a whole new playing field out yeah. there uh, yeah. of guys for Edge to, to go up against. And also too, you know, going back to, you know, the press conference and everything and, and listen, Tony, obviously he's living out his wrestling dream. So honestly, like, I, I don't know how that guy, that, I mean, it must be so surreal to him, you know, growing up on wrestling. And now look at the roster that he's assembled. I mean, he just got freaking edge. Like, dude, I don't even think Tony ever thought that would have been a possibility. Dude, this but is, also, this is, listen, the edge, the edge um, signing, I think could be bigger than the punk one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was just, just going to talk. I was going to allude about I, that. I yeah, might, it might be because like, because. A lot of people compare like Jericho signing with AEW when AEW first started to like when Hogan went to WCW, right? Which I, I, I think it's, I get the comparison, but at the same time, like Hogan joined WCW, WCW was already an established brand. So I get the big name factor, right? And even the Young Bucks have said it like, oh, you know, Jericho's our Hogan, right? Just for like that name value, right? Which I get it. The stamp of approval, you got Jericho, right? But Jericho was part of that foundation of AEW. So, like, I don't include him. Like, yes, he's a legend, and he did add that, that, like, okay, this is a serious company because Jericho's in here, right? But after that, to me, and listen, I, I regardless what people, you know, what we know about punk now, how we feel about punk, listen, I'm still a punk guy. You know, there's still a part of me that still got love for punk. But I do believe Edge signing to AEW is a bigger deal than punk making his return and going to AEW. Yeah, listen, I'm not even going to counteract that because i mean listen whether he has the same drawing power as cm punk i mean that's to be determined i i don't know if he does but he he has it's pretty damn close okay and also in terms of the locker room you know this is a vet coming in like a jericho like a brian danielson who's gonna come in and basically not turn the place upside down like cm punk did these guys in the locker room are gonna respect Adam Copeland oh, yeah. um, even talked uh, in the press conference about like he's an open book and he's willing to help anybody and uh, uh, who wants to listen pretty much. Anybody who comes up to him or texts him or calls him or wants advice, he's going to sit with them and give them advice. Like he just seemed very genuine about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, listen, that goes a long way. You know, Danielson is already doing that. Jericho has been doing that. Mox is another one. Yep. You add Adam Copeland to that, man. I mean, they got to – it's going to help the locker room backstage a lot. And this is exactly the move that they needed uh, after the CM Punk debacle. They needed a, a guy like Edge to come on in and, uh, you know, get the locker room back to a good place. So, man, it, it's a huge deal, and I still can't believe it. I mean, God, the guy's going to be on Dynamite tomorrow. He's going to be on so good. It's so dope, man. It's, it's so amazing. unbelievable. It's really amazing. And then just adding to um... – you know, this is comparing like apples to oranges, right? You know, if you've been reading and hearing people say about like CM Punk, he's always, CM Punk has always taken like that role of being like the quote unquote locker room leader. And that's rubbed people the wrong way. Cause it's like in the, re in the wrestling like landscape of things, it's like, you're kind of, you don't claim like you're the locker room leader and you're like, if you will, like the undertaker of the locker room, right? You're kind of put in that position from your peers, right? And Punk has always rubbed people the wrong way with that attitude, right? For better or for worse, whether he had good intentions or not, right? A guy like Edge, Edge 
gets put in that position of a locker room leader because of his peers, right? So that's going to add just like a different like vibe to the locker room because Edge, even as he said in the press conference, he's willing to help. Whoever needs help, he's willing to help. That's the type of locker room leader you need, especially in a locker room like AEW. Totally, 100%. I mean, it's... It's also going to make everybody around him better, too. It's going to push the young guys. I mean, I'm sure half that locker room, um, <clears throat> given their age, you know, I'm sure they're, you know, everybody's so young there. I'm sure everybody grew up watching Edge. Mm-hmm. So it's just, uh, it's probably surreal to have him backstage now. And, and you know, basically they can work with him or they can, you know, have him watch their matches or, you know, again, he's just going to make everybody there better. And, uh it's just, it's a fantastic move by Tony Khan. And hey, listen, I'm here for the ride, bro. Let's go. I mean, Edge's final uh, run. run of his yeah. in-ring career happening in AEW. Like, bro, like who would have ever thought, man? Like you go back to thinking about the creation of AEW, right? Even going back to All In 2018. Mm-hmm. Again, if you would have told me at that time that AEW would be created and they would have John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega... Adam Copeland, mm-hmm. Sting, all under the same roof on the same roster. Like, oh my god! Like, what? Man, what kind of fucking video game fed are you making up with this roster, yeah. dude? It's, it's seriously, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not even to be believed. Not only that, but just look at the possibilities that we have here. Now, we're granted we're gonna kind of have a better idea of what Edge is gonna do in AEW tomorrow night on Dynamite, right? But the possibilities with edge is endless even beyond one-on-one matches like obviously kenny omega is like a big name like he wants to face he it's crazy to think that the man has never even faced john moxley like he never that is crazy he never faced john moxley so he mentioned samoa joe he mentioned swear strickland uh hangman page listen who's to say at some point yes he's it seems like he's gonna be feuding with christian right but who's to say like a year from now Christian turns face, they're together, they do Edge and Christian with like a different name, right? And them having a match with the Young Bucks. Because let me tell you yep. something, Edge and Christian love the Young Bucks. Yeah, dude, I was I was just going to ask you what your uh, ultimate, ultimate like dream match is for Edge and AEW here. And I have two. And one of them is Edge and Christian against the Young Bucks. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. He, That's I, crazy. I, you remember Edge and Christian having a podcast back in the day? Like a couple yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah. They had the Young Bucks on one time. And Did they? He said, he, I remember Edge and Christian, like, because th- those two are just like, char- they're fucking characters when they're together, right? They were they were cracking up the Young Bucks, and he's like, yeah, who, who's to say, maybe a couple years from now, you know, we, we could, you know, face off with you guys in a tag match. And this is before they were even cleared. Think about it. Like, you know, they were just saying, like, oh, maybe me and, um, maybe me and Jake, you know, Christian, right? He's like, maybe me and Jake could get cleared, and maybe we'll have, like, a match build, like the Young Bucks versus the Old Bucks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So they were saying they were saying something like that, and and now it's crazy because now both Edge and Christian are cleared, and now they're not even in WWE. They're in fucking AEW. So nuts that both of them are there. But then I was also thinking, like, listen, Edge and Christian versus FTR. Here's another possibility. Yeah, Punk's not here anymore, so he can't do the trio with with FTR no more. But who's to say we could get rated FTR as a trio? Dude, the possibilities are endless man yeah. it's so exciting uh, yeah like i didn't even th- i didn't even think about that like <clears throat> so crazy so crazy there's so much for him to do i mean we're going to a place that had nothing for him right like mm-hmm. he he had no idea what he wanted to do there they had nothing for him to do 
Now he goes over to AEW, and there is like too much to do. Yep. You know, like like you know, he said he doesn't know how, how much longer he's gonna go. You know, he's just gonna keep going, I guess, until the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to what CM Punk had once said at, at one time. Um, but listen, like <laughs> I hope we get all this stuff. I really do, you, you man. Know, before he hangs it up, because uh, I just don't want anything to be left on the table. Like now's the time. Like let's just do it. Like fire it off. You know. Yeah, man, I'm really excited for Edge being in AEW. I can't wait for Dynamite tomorrow. Um, and you know, since we're we're talking about AEW stuff, next week AEW is actually going to be doing their uh, a Tuesday night show. And over on WWE side of things, I'm looking through my fucking social media right now. Yo, WWE is stacking their. I don't watch NXT, okay? And I, and even though I heard that the No Mercy pay per view this past weekend was great, but I don't watch NXT. I just don't have the time for it. But they're stacking next week's NXT. Like crazy. Cena's gonna be there. Cody's gonna be there. I think they have Oscar versus uh Roxanne Perez uh, on the card. Um whatchamacallit? Paul Heyman's gonna be on the show. So they're stacking this NXT because they're gonna be going head to head with Dynamite, because Dynamite's doing their Tuesday night dynamite next week. Yeah, I mean it, it, <laughs> <laughs> I know. R- right before we got on, I'm just <laughs> scrolling through my Twitter too. Yo, and, and it was it was like so it was so hilarious because it's just like I'm scrolling, so I'm like John Cena on NXT. Mm-hmm. I scrolled up a little bit, Cody Rhodes <laughs> on NXT, scroll up a little bit, Asuka on NXT, scroll up a little bit more. Here's Paul Heyman. I swear to God, I thought it was gonna be Roman Reigns is coming to NXT. Bro, I thought that was the next who's one. Who's the fucking say? <laughs> who's the say? I mean, dude, this is so desperate, man. Like it's just I mean, I thank God we're done with this and we don't have to go through this every single week. Oh yeah, the Tuesday Back night wars, baby. <laughs> oh my god, bro. I, I could not handle this every week. I mean uh, between the marks on social media uh, arguing back and forth to this freaking sloppy mess that they're throwing together. Like, this is why I can't take NXT serious. <laughs> like, this, this is why, like, like, how could anybody watch this show religiously and think this is good, let, a good way to go about things? L- listen, and I don't watch NXT either, okay? I did watch the uh, Becky Lynch and Tiffany match from No Mercy. I, I did watch that, and that match was excellent. Um, but I don't watch NXT because... One, I just don't have the time for it. And two, that show is just not for me, okay? Even though most of the talent that's on there, I actually do like. Like, I'm a big Carmelo Hayes guy. I love the shit that Dominic's doing. Um, Spoiler alert, he just won the North American Championship. He regained it, so good for him. Um, You know, Tiffany Stratton, I think she's great. Roxanne is great. I I do enjoy the talent. But NXT is just not a show for me. But this is what I'll... Not not gonna defend WWE here, but like I get it, bro. I, I, I get it from WWE standpoint why they want to stack this NXT show. AEW's now coming to Tuesday night to do dynamite. It's gonna be Edge's debut match on the promotion. So like I get why they wanna stack their show. Like I'm not hating on it. But I just feel like sometimes, like you said, like the marks are just, you know, ba ba ba, you know, they're doing this because AEW, and then you have the WWE marks saying, like, well, AEW sucks. They should stick on Wednesday night. It's just a back and forth bullshit. Going back to what Edge was saying before, like, just enjoy fucking wrestling. Just enjoy it. Listen, I'm not knocking NXT. The NXT could continue doing whatever it is that they're fucking doing over there. I'm not watching the show, so I can't judge. But is the product for me? Absolutely not. Yeah, listen, I did tune in, uh, you know, Saturday night. I had nothing going on, and I remember that there was an NXT show. So I did watch uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov. I, I heard that match was match. really good. I heard that match. Great freaking match. Mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, I watched Becky and uh, Tiffany, too, which I thought was another really, really good Yo, match. Becky's got some bangers this year, bro. <laughs> yeah. Becky, very underrated. Yeah. Becky has Nobody's some bangers. About it. I don't think she'll be, like, female wrestler of the year, but I think she could make top five because she's been putting out bangers with Tiffany Stratton. Fucking, she put on a fucking, one of them, probably my second or third favorite cage match of all time with her and Trish. I thought that match was excellent. Okay? Yeah. Like, yo, Becky's been putting on some bangers. Yeah, yeah, very, very quietly, but yeah, she's she's doing her thing, so uh, it's really it's it's awesome to see. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only time I'll really watch NXT when there's like a, a premium live event and there's some big matchups like that. I'll tune in for that. Um, otherwise, couldn't care less either. I mean, I yeah, a million things I'd rather do on a Tuesday night than tune into NXT every week. So, right. um, you know, I went to the show in LA, the Stand and Deliver show. I had a blast. I thought the show was great. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this year's show, Mania Weekend, will be good too. Um, but again, shit like this, you know, the the things that they're doing now for next week because they're going up against AEW is kind of just what deterred me from the product in the first place. Right. Uh, it, they basically just got away from what made NXT special, and they just became obsessed with beating other things in ratings like AEW. And again, this it, is just like thrown together, just desperation, and it's just it's pretty laughable. Desperation. Oh yeah. It, it, it's, it's so it just look it makes them look so pathetic you know mm-hmm. like it just it's so funny but thank god we don't have to go through this shit every week no, but uh yeah i got a good laugh before we went on the air here yeah they're, they're definitely stacking this nxt show like it's like we're gonna get face with AEW, so we need to bring everyone in listen if roman reigns shows up in nxt i'm like what the fuck <laughs> yeah. hey he may need to it might not be enough what they got already booked as soon as tony khan let's see what tony cooks up uh you know oh, he's gonna stack what, this what he announces on he's, dynamite yeah tomorrow. he's gonna stack this uh, what he calls it title tuesday dynamite he's gonna stack that shit listen i wouldn't be surprised if we end up getting like a fucking cage match or like something like crazy <laughs> this man's gonna book omega danielson too oh my god bro <laughs> yo let me tell you something if we end up getting that I'm going to chop up the, you know, because obviously we're not recording this on video, but I will cut this and I will post it as a post on AEW because you on, on our on our fucking Lucha Outsider show page, because you heard it here first. If yeah, he books yeah, Danielson yeah. and Omega 2. <laughs> Can you imagine? Honestly, hey, listen, I honestly don't think I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously, but I wouldn't think that Tony Khan was going to go balls to the wall with stacking the shit out of the show because I feel like he just doesn't care. But now he might going to do it for being petty. Tony Khan's yeah, petty. But, but, he might want to do it now. Well, now, and that's what I'm saying. Now he will because of all the shit NXT just, uh, you know, just fired off here. Now he's going to be fired up, and now he's going to be like, all right, screw you. He's just going to put on a freaking all-time classic two-hour show. Yo, man, I'm trying to think. What would be the most pettiest thing that AEW could do? And the only thing I could think of is, like, having... It's got to be a heel, man. Like, may... you know what? This would be the perfect time to have Jack Perry return and have him come out to cult of personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, that would be like that would be such a troll, and I would be here for it. But okay, so we're all we're both happy for um, Edge's AEW debut, and he's gonna fucking do great things, and we're fucking excited for that. And the matches are fucking endless. But let's talk about this pay per view. I'm not gonna touch on. The pre-show, even though there was some good stuff on there, I thought Claudio and Josh Barnett was cool, and that's about it. But everything else was just like whatever. But let's talk about yeah, another. Not Adam. The pre-show. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about an. Let's talk about another Adam. Okay, we're gonna talk about Adam Cole here because the opening match for the Wrestle uh, Wrestle Dream main card was MJF 
versus the Righteous for the Ring of Honor tag titles, okay? He went in solo in a handicap match because Adam Cole can't catch a fucking break, dude. This guy got hurt again, okay? He broke, like, his ankle or messed up his ankle, like, in three different spots. He's going to be out for surgery. And, yeah, dude, this guy can't catch a break, man. I know there's some speculation that it could have been a work, especially with some of the stuff that we saw later on on Dynamite that we're going to touch on in a little bit. But I don't think this is a work, man. I think this is a complete shoot. And yeah, Adam Cole is hurt. He's going to be gone. I think that throws a major axe with whatever story that MJF and Adam Cole were telling. I don't understand why MJF is holding the Ring of Honor tag titles. He they should have he should have just dropped them on on Sunday, if that's the case. And at the same time, it's like we keep seeing these Ring of Honor titles on AEW TV. Like I thought we were gonna get a complete separation, but now I feel like we see the Ring of Honor titles overall more and more on AEW television. But MJF did end up retaining the Ring of Honor tag titles against the Righteous, and now we have two pay-per-views in a row that MJF does not defend the AEW world title. And while, listen, I have been enjoying MJF's world title run, and I think MJF as a whole, he's doing some of the best stuff that he's doing, especially with him playing up as a face and doing like all the quirky 80s, 90s baby face wrestlers, but, uh, you know, wrestler gimmicks, whether it's like the Hogan, the Savages, the Pipers, the Warriors, uh, Bret Hart, like all that shit is like all the, you know, quirky, cheesy shit that, like, baby faces used to do back in the day. And he's just kind of molding it to himself and, like, acting on it, which I think is hilarious and makes sense with the MJF character, right? But, man, his world title run right now, it's kind of, it kind of seems like it's secondary. And I don't like that because he's the world champion. And his run is good, right? It's been good. But at one point, it was great. And now it doesn't seem that way. I'm not saying it's bad, but I do want to touch on something else that's happening in the world title picture in AEW. But I want to just get your thoughts on Adam Cole, MJF, and them still being the tag title champions. Yeah, man, I don't really know where this is going, and I'm really curious to see now that you know, with Adam Cole being out, whether it's real or not. Uh, listen, I do think he's got a real injury. I just don't know about the severity of it, you know, like everybody's saying he's getting surgery and it's broken in three places and this and that. Listen, I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just like thinking like, you know, as a fan right now and based on what we saw at the end of Dynamite last week, the, the masked men attacking Jay White and everything mm -hmm. and, and rumored to be Adam Cole. And, you know, you see the picture of, uh, you know, a, a clip from Dynamite a couple weeks ago where they're sitting by yep, yep. MJF's locker. That was, and, after, you know, that was after All Out. Yeah, yeah. You get, I forget you get the all. devil mask yeah. there. So, listen, I think it makes sense for to be Adam Cole. And let me tell you, that, that would be the perfect way to have Adam Cole turn, I think. Dude, uh, listen, I, I, I honestly hope it is a work. Like, AEW could pull off this work of the century, if, if you will, if they actually have the audience believe that Adam Cole needs surgery. Like, who's to say that Adam Cole ain't, like, Working it into like to have people believe that he's really hurt, where he needs to be helped out in airports and being on crutches all the time. Like this reminds me, and, and I really hope it's a work for just for storyline's sake, and then also because it's like, come on, man, Adam Cole just came back from injury. Now he's hurt again. Like, I really hope they're working the shit out of us, right? But it kind of reminds me 
back in ECW back in the day where Tommy Dreamer and Sandman were like, they were feuding and Sandman stayed home for like a month and some change. He didn't appear on, cause they worked, they worked everyone to having people believe that he had an eye injury. Like they worked like everyone and people fucking believed in that. Granted, there was a different time. The internet wasn't as accessible as it is now. I understand all that. But who's to say that we didn't get like a, a collective unit, right, as a whole, and was like, listen, we're going to fucking work the shit out of everyone. And this is not leaving this room because this is the only people that know about this, right? Like a group of, let's say, five people. Adam Cole, MJF, Tony Khan, Roger Strong, and the Kingdom. And I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing those six in there. And you know what? For the hell of it, we'll throw Britt Baker in there as well, right? Only these seven people know this. Nobody else knows what's going on, okay? And they're collectively agreeing, like, we're going to work the shit out of everyone where they have people believe that Adam Cole is really fucking hurt. I'm, who's the yeah. fucking say that this ain't this ain't a possibility? I wish it, for a, from a fan's perspective, I really hope this is a work. Yeah, no, I, I that's exactly what I think, too, or what I hope as well. I mean, listen, I... I... It sucks for Adam Cole to go down with yet another injury and miss some time when he's doing the best work of his career and one of the top storylines, not even just in AEW, but in all of, all of pro wrestling right now. Right. Um, but maybe it's not as bad as they made it out to seem. Full Gear is six weeks away from now, six or seven weeks, you know, give or take. I think it's uh, the second weekend of November. Who's to say that they don't drag this shit out, right? Heck, maybe they can even drag it out past Full Gear. I'm just get, putting that as like a, a stopping point. I, and then you, you reveal that. these attackers. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned listen, that. And listen, it's Adam Cole, right? But he's not going to wrestle, right? You you push the inevitable uh, Adam Cole and MJF match back, you know, to Revolution or maybe even Double or Nothing. You give Adam Cole time still. He's not going to be wrestling, but you could still reveal him as the masked guy. He could still appear on screen. Like I said, if the injury, you know, obviously heals in time, I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, who's to say, right? And I think it makes the most sense because, listen, if it's not Adam Cole with the kingdom in the storyline, who the hell are these guys attacking Jay White? I mean, let's be real. Like, like let's go through the options. Like, who who could it be that makes sense that would steal MJF's devil mask? I don't know, like, man. Besides it, him, it, there's it, nobody it's gotta in be my Adam mind. Cole. Yeah, it's got to be sense. Adam Cole and fucking it's gotta be. next strong kingdom. You know, like it's got to be them. It's got to be. It's, it, there's no other person that makes sense in this scenario. The only other people that I can think of is if somehow, some way, December 20th, that falls on a Wednesday, comes around and it's some of the WWE releases and it's like a new version of Retribution. Oh, but, I, but I, I mean, like, I, I just don't see the connection with any. Right, with right, right. Like, unless we get these attacks happening constantly on random people. But still, even that yeah, would true, even make true. sense. But it's MJF's devil mask. Right, right. That's the thing. Right. So that, that plays a factor in it. So I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. I mean, hey, look, I'm intrigued, man. I love shit like this. Like in pro wrestling, like a mystery type of thing like this, of who attacks who. I love shit like this. I can't get enough of it. And I love Dynamite ending on the climb, uh, the uh, cliffhanger. Yes, it felt, it felt very it. WCW Monday Nitro-esque, like yep. how it ended. Like, oh, my God. I, the only thing that was missing is, like, you know, Tony Tony Schiavone saying, like, oh, the camera's still rolling. We'll see you next week on Dynamite or whatever. You know, he, he just needed to hit that line. But so, okay, so MJF retains the Ring of Honor tax traps against the Righteous. Who gives a shit? Okay, let's talk about MJF and what we saw with him on Dynamite with Jay White. Because this I didn't see coming at all. I was 
Listen, the second I heard Bullet Club Gold's music, Jay White's name, I was like, okay, what is happening here? After Adam Cole leaves the ring, and then he... It's like, where did Adam Cole and the Kingdom and, and Roger Strong go to? Like, where do they go? But whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of goes back to what we just were convers- having a conversation about now. Like, who attacked who, right? But we see Jay White come out, and he tells his Bullet Club brothers, you know, the Bang Bang Gang, he tells them, chill out, I got this. I I ultimately did love this segment, but I, I will be lying to you if I said after MJF's promo, I didn't have mixed feelings about it. I was like, oh, no. Because, listen, I, I love my guy, Jay White. You know I'm a big Jay White guy. But, man, I was it, it was looking kind of sus for a quick second. Um, ultimately, you know, Jay White responded good. But it did look kind of sus at first with what MJF was throwing at Jay White. And, th- and that pains me to say that because I'm a Jay White guy. Like, that's my boy, okay? But MJF is just a different animal on the microphone. And, yo, the, the bars that this guy was hitting Jay White with, it, it hurt me. It even hurt me. But I think ultimately Jay White did, you know, recuperate. And he did, you know, was it a level of what MJF was saying? No, but I think ultimately Jay White did not look bad coming out of that promo. But it, I, I was a little nervous at one point because I was like, man, this might. I This is what I, I was looking at that after MJF's promo. I'm like, yo. If Jay White doesn't respond like with, with some good lines here, this could be not career threatening, but the aura of Jay what Jay White got, right? Like the aura of Jay White and everything he knew did in New Japan and everything, it might look kind of questionable after this segment. But ultimately I think, you know, it, it kind of worked out for everyone. But I did enjoy the segment. I loved it, and I loved how Jay White responded. Um, just kind of give me your thoughts on this whole thing. Yeah, I was uh, just as shocked as you were to hear Jay White's music and to see him come out. I mean, definitely did not expect him to be the next challenger for MJF, but hey, I'm here for it, man. I mean, it's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I had the same reaction too, especially, you know, after MJF, MJF <clears throat> excuse me, just goes off on Jay White, right? Like this promo went for like a minute and a half, yep. probably almost two minutes, okay, before Jay White even got to say a word. Mm-hmm. And basically cooked him. He did. Cooked him on he that did. mic. But then, like you said, Jay White, I think he recovered very well. Yep. Ended it on a high note. Yep. And, uh, you know, overall, I thought the segment was fantastic. Yes. And really just uh, – it's so funny because, you know, with MJF and Samoa Joe at Grand Slam, it's kind of the same thing. Like, it's just two guys that I never really thought I would want to see in a feud so badly until, obviously, we got these promos and again, MJF and Samoa Joe was great, and now this is going to be even better. Um, so, I mean, that's the best part about AEW, man, is you got two, I don't know if you want to say completely different people, but two guys that, you know, are not cut from the same cloth, right? You know, MJF, he's still pretty new for in this business, you know, came from the Indies. Jay White put in the work in New Japan at the dojo and everything. Like, they just come from different places, and now facing off for the AEW World title, it's uh, it's really, really cool. Let me tell you something. If this is the main event for AEW Full Gear, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it is very tempting for me to go to LA to watch this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's here not going to happen. Go. Not going to happen. Saving money thing. Not, not going you know, to happen. I, I actually did laugh when you wrote that on the Lucha page. You <laughs> might have to fly out to Cali. I got a good chuckle out of that. Listen, not going to happen. But is it tempting? 1,000%, okay? And yeah. 
I wouldn't even hate if Jay White dethrones the MJF. Like, oh, yeah. just put the title on Jay White at this point. Like, I think MJF, as much as I would still love to see MJF hold the championship till next year when the, the, the bidding war of 2024, right? That's what it is, right? I feel like MJF has gone past that. Because, like, with with the tweak of MJF's character now and kind of being, like, the people scumbag and all this other shit, it's like, you would think on how the, the, the AW audience is so behind MJF, you would think it would be Adam Cole being the one that's going to turn on MJF. Because I just, yeah. I just don't... Bro, MJF is so fucking hot right now in AW. I just don't see... MJF being the guy that's going to turn on Adam Cole. And listen, you would have asked me this two months ago. I would have been like, nah, man. MJF's going to turn on Adam Cole. That's the way to go. But I now I feel differently. And I feel like with the whole bidding war of 2024, I feel that would be kind of against what this version of MJF is. You could probably play around with it still. But then ultimately, I just feel like he's still going to stick with AEW. Like you saw what happened after WrestleDream. I, I, I don't see him leaving AEW. I think he's going to stay in AEW. And if he stays in AEW, this whole big bidding war of 2024, I feel like it's non-existent at this point. I think he's already signed. I, I think he's already signed. He's staying. And, and I mean, that's been done, I think, in, in my opinion, for a long time now. I think he was just playing up the bidding war thing just because, like you said, just the way he is, his demeanor now in these press conferences. And the press conference after WrestleDream, he looked like a locker room leader. Yes. The things he was saying about yep. the, the the talent, the roster, the show. And you know, MJF, I think he cursed a total of two, maybe three times throughout the whole entire thing, throughout the whole entire time he was up there. Mm-hmm. And that is something new because if you look at, just look at the Revolution press conference back in, what was that, March? After his match with Danielson. This dude could not, I mean, every single word was a curse word, okay? And listen, not that I hate that, but I just feel like when you're the guy, right? Like, you kind of have to be a little bit professional, Mm -hmm. and it just, like, you got to show that you can talk like a human being without just cursing up a storm. I mean, it's not like, yeah, I understand, like, AEW is a little edgier, and, you you know, you could do that, and Tony obviously doesn't care, but that doesn't mean you do it all the time. 1,000%. I just just feel like he really has matured um, over the past few months. Even, you know, on social media, he's taken a stand. He's standing up for people left and right. I mean, the women's locker room, too, when they went through that whole thing a couple of months ago with uh, that indie chick that came Uh, in and exposed the locker room. Yeah, Lufisto, yep. Like, and you would never really expect MJF to really react to that type of stuff. But I just really feel like he has really, really matured, really come into his own. And listen, I think he's signed, man. And if he's not, I mean, 100%, he's staying yeah. at this point. It would just make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. I also popped because he went at that journalist. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Brian Alvarez. I don't know who it was. But he went after a journalist in the beginning of uh, the press scrum saying, like, about gimmick matches or whatever. And yeah. it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Good for MJF, though. I'm here for wrestlers calling out these piece of shit dirt, uh, dirt cheap. Oh, writers. yeah. I'm oh, here yeah. for it 1,000%. Here's another Here's another thing I wanted to say, too. A lot of positive vibes. And you know who else was not part of this press scrum? Pumpkin yeah. Pie Nick Hausman. Yep. That motherfucker wasn't there. AW, continue not letting this motherfucker in your press scrums. Nobody wants to hear from Pumpkin Pie, okay? No one. Yeah, I like to call him Dick Hausman. 
Yeah, that fucking he's idiot, a fucking, man. He's a I mean, fucking yeah, dick. yeah. I'm I'm so glad he wasn't there. It it made the scrum a lot oh, better. It was great. Sure. I mean, it was great. Listen, there there was some stupid questions here and there because you're always gonna get that. Um, but overall, it was way better with him not involved. And let me tell you. I think this is probably the longest press scrum they've ever done. I, and I watched the whole entire thing. Like I said, I was up until 3 a.m., bro. Like, I couldn't sleep. I watched this entire thing. Yeah. They had so many guests on there, more so than normal. And, you know, it was uh, it was really good. It was really great stuff. It was, it was guest after guest after guest. Though, though it was a positive vibes all around. I did pop. And Christian, Christian had me fucking rolling. He wanted to kill Brian Alvarez. His eyes just said it all. I don't know what Brian Alvarez did to piss off Christian, but Christian wanted to murder this man. It was uh, oh, when he goes, oh, did you, did you give me a star rating tonight? Oh, man, I, I lost so, him at that moment. So fucking good. All right, let's continue talking about this Russell Dream card because clearly we're both excited for the possibility of Jay White and MJF. Uh, let's see, what else happened on this show? Okay, so... We're going to probably fly through some of these. Eddie Kingston, Ring of Honor champion now. You were there at Grand Slam where he defeated us. Um, Claudio. He faced Shibata. Um, he defended both titles, both the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship and the Ring of Honor World title. I thought the match was fine. Um, Hard-hitting match, as expected. Eddie Kingston, over like Rover. I'm happy that he's a, a Ring of Honor World champion. And, yeah, he retains both titles. Any thoughts? Uh no, not really. Okay. <laughs> this match, it was uh it was what it was this match. I, I think for the majority the first couple of matches on this pay-per-view were just kind of like whatever. Yeah, Chris Stantlander and Julia Hart followed by this. Man, um you know, the women's division AEW is rough and I don't put it on the talent. I just put it on just the storytelling and the booking. Uh these two women got 9 minutes. The, the crowd was hot for this match too and a part of me felt like, yo, maybe Julia Hart might take this from Chris Statlander because it, it, it does feel, and and I love Chris Statlander. I think she's awesome. But it does feel like her TBS championship run has been very forgettable. Um, So I, at one point I was like, who knows? Who's to say? Maybe Julia Hart's going to uh, get this. But she didn't. Chris Statlander goes over. Like she she's has, having a breakout star year. She has got so good in the ring. Her presentation, her entrance is amazing. Uh, her moonsault, man, is, is beautiful. a thing of freaking beauty. It's, it's uh, Kurt Angle of Jace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, she does it better than Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's crazy. So I was happy to see her get that spotlight on pay-per-view. The match, like you said, it was whatever. It was fine. I'm not going to say it was bad, but it wasn't anything special either. Um, Obviously, she took the L. But, man, I mean, you know, would it have killed them to give them a, like, a little bit longer, you know, yeah, like yeah. 15 minutes. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like it's still. You could have added three more minutes on there and make it a 12 minute match. It would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is what it is. Uh, we have the four way tag match for number one contendership for the AEW World Tag Titles. Young Bucks defeated Lucha Brothers, The Guns, and Orange Cassidy and Hook. Uh, the match was fine. I was kind of surprised that the Young Bucks went over, and it seems like. We're going to get Young Bucks FTR Part 95 <laughs> at uh, full gear. And it would not shock me if the Bucks take it from FTR in L.A. Uh, yeah, I, I think they will. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty surprised myself. I thought, you know, Wembley should have been it for a while, if not ever. I mean, listen, the you know, they faced off three times. FTR won both of them. Like, I really don't know what else there is to do between these two teams, right? Um, I thought when the Young Bucks won that Aussie Open was winning uh, in the tag titles later on. I, and I just thought we would get that fresh matchup um, in L.A. for the tag titles. But 
obviously that didn't happen. I'm sorry to jump ahead here, but you know, it's, it seems like the Young Bucks are going to become AEW Tag Champs again. And again, I don't hate it because I love the, oh, Young, I love Bucks. the Young Bucks. So listen, you, know, I, you, were, at, them, you but... were at fucking Grand Slam. And listen, anytime Young Bucks hold gold, I'm here for it. Now, granted, yeah. the Young Bucks and Hangman are now the Ring of Honor six-mag champions. What are we doing with Ring of Honor? Don't know. But guess what I don't hate? Seeing them hold gold. So I'm totally fine them being the six-man champions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. Like, I'm just, I'm exactly like you. Like, he took the words right out of my mouth. Like, dude, I've, I've loved the Young Bucks for years. They're yep. the, they're the ones that have had me excited about wrestling years ago, mm-hmm. uh, when I was just kind of at a down point with WWE. And yeah, anytime they would win some Ring of Honor title or New Japan title, man, I'm I so was just pumped ecstatic. up. So, so pumped up. And I still feel the same way yep. watching them do yep. that today, especially being there live. Like, it, it's, it's awesome. And the match was great too. Yeah, it was. It was very good. Yeah, and um, it's funny. They taped the Rampage out of order, mm-hmm. thank God, because, you know, I don't want to stay the whole entire time for that two-hour mm-hmm. Rampage. So that match happened, like, early on in Rampage. Oh, that's so, so dope. I got because, to see that. So I, I don't watch Rampage, right? But I actually took the initiative and watched the, the Grand Slam Rampage because I wanted to see a couple of matches on there. And, listen, I have to say, Rampage, at least how they, they, they produced it and they put it on, on TV, TV, it came out really good. Um, whatchamacallit. So I did watch that. And I thought that main event, it was the main event on the, on the broadcast. I don't know. Yeah. You said they taped that out of order, but yeah, I, yes. thought that match, <laughs> that, I thought that match was great. And like I said, I'm, I'm happy. Also happy for Hangman, not taking nothing away from Hangman. I, I love seeing him, you know, get spotlighted and also holding some, a championship, but you know, anytime the Bucks hold championships, I'm just fucking happy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. hundred percent. I'm with you. Uh, speaking of Hangman, he, uh, faced off with Sora Strickland I thought this match was fantastic, man. And it's funny how Hangman kind of got like the John Cena one night stand treatment where he was like behind enemy lines because he was in Strickland's hometown. Um, and yes, Strickland goes over. And listen, I, I, I always knew Strickland was a star going back to his MLW days. I know people followed him from Lucha Underground. And I was kind of like a, a casual Lucha Underground fan. But I really got familiar with Shane Strickland and watching MLW and just incredible stuff he did there, especially with the MLW world title. And I kind of expected him to kind of do the same thing over in WWE. Didn't work out. But, you know, it's kind of been a slow build for him and him and AEW. And listen, man, I think sooner rather than later, we're going to see Strickland hold some singles gold, man. Um, And hopefully it's the international title. I think he could do some great stuff with that title. Yeah, no, for sure, 100%. I thought this match was fantastic as well. I expected it to be. And, um, yeah, I, I, I love that Swerve got the win. It's a much-needed win for him. He needed it more than Hangman did. It was pretty crazy to see the crowd reaction, but obviously not surprised because it was in Swerve's hometown. So I, I actually would have been interested to see if this match was taking place anywhere else other than Swerve's hometown if Hangman would have gotten that same treatment. Uh, just because I feel like Swerve is over right now, like mm-hmm. he's a heel. And then but... you have the 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 what you call it, my guy, um, fucking uh, Prince Nana. Nana. His yeah, the, the dance that dance is so over, bro. Well, that's why I think, and it, this is not taking anything away from Swerve. It's gonna come out bad, but uh, I think that's the only reason why he's over. Uh, I'll be honest, I, because the the dance, the, the theme song, and Prince Nana, those are the reasons that Swerve's over. Right. I mean, I don't know if like you agree or anybody's gonna come at me for that, but like. I mean, he's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong, but that those things helped in the, the Nana dance does help. Where it it kind of helps them for people to cheer because it's like the Nana dance is over. He's like, nah, man, Strickland is cool. 
I still think he's an amazing wrestler. I think he's still a great promo, whatever. But the Nana element does help out his act um, where people want to cheer now Strickland, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Um, okay, so Strickland goes over on Hangman. Ricky starts to feel Wheeler Yuta. The match was fine, okay? But, man, Wheeler Yuta, it's like Wheeler Yuta, unfortunately, he's stuck in a position where he's just the fall guy for the BCC. And I think he's a talented dude, but I think he needs to find that other gear. And I'm not talking about ring-wise, like his in-ring um, factor. I'm talking about, like, character development. What's next for Wheeler Yuta? Because not only is he the fall guy for BCC, but he's also getting abused by Claudia all the time. So it's like, what's going to be the next version of Wheeler Yuta that we're going to see? Because all he, I feel like he, the man always loses. Yeah, yeah. Listen, all right, first of all, this match had no right to be on this pay-per-view. I mean, really. I mean, let's be honest now. I mean, what are we doing? You know, like these pay-per-views are already <laughs> seven hours long and we're giving away the – and I know I know Iridian's going to come at me with this too because those are her two this, favorites. Hold on, wait. This match has AEW Collision written all over it. Oh, my dude. It has Dynamite and Collision written all over it. Like, <laughs> you, this did not need to be on pay-per-view. I'm sorry. The pay-per-views are long enough. Why was this match on the show? I honestly – left her in this match i didn't care not that i didn't think it was gonna you be good le- you, just... you know you left her in this match and you weren't even at the show <laughs> no, yeah exactly yeah no i listen sunday night was you know a rough night because i had the jets game on oh, and yeah. i had oh, yeah. aw on so mm-hmm. i was doing a million things and right. i also was at the mets game late so i got home late okay. and uh i'm trying to focus in on two things and i see ricky starks was really yuda i'm like okay what's on the line nothing it's just a random match okay i'm gonna do everything but watch this match because i just don't have time for this and i'm sure they'll run it back on some dynamite or collision in the future but well listen uh, for Iridian's sake, this is like a dream match for her. Okay, I get know, it? Wrestle I know. dream. It was a dream match for her. Comments. This is like her WrestleMania main event. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. So I know I expect a message from her at some point after she listens to this. But Iridian, I'm sorry. Um, nothing against those two guys, obviously. It's just that, I mean, again, a match for nothing. And uh, that was thrown together a couple of days before. It's like, what? what is this? But to your point about Wheel Yuta, I completely agree. What is he? Uh, the CNC title at some point. I mean, not anytime soon. Right. Uh, but the international belt possibly down the line. But I don't know. He's featured a lot, but I just I agree. I feel like he's just kind of there. He's, he's just he's there. A little stuck right now. He's just there. Okay. What else? Uh, next on the card, we got Brian Danielson versus Zach Zaba Jr. I thought this match was excellent. Um, as expected. You know, it was hard hitting. A lot of chain wrestling. A lot of joint manipulation okay that's the best way to put it and brian danson goes over this match was a banger um yeah there's not really much more i can say about this but this match was everything i expected it to be and zach saber jr wants a rematch so who's to say we might get it we got it at wrestle dream maybe we'll get it at wrestle kingdom in 2024 yeah hey csj definitely alluded to that uh either in the uk or japan so I guess we'll see. Time will tell. I'm glad we're getting another match because, yeah, I thought this was so great. It was everything that we thought it was going to be. And, you know, it's it's 
I'm glad it, it was because, you know, the Brian Danielson Okada match from Forbidden Door, um, to me, that was a massive, massive disappointment. I think that match just fell flat. I know a lot of people actually did enjoy it, but for me, I had such high expectations and it just didn't meet them at all. Right. But this one, this one met them. And uh, I'm really glad Brian got the moment in Seattle to do this. He even said afterwards in a promo that like this was the type of match he's always dreamed of having in his hometown. So I'm glad he got that. And uh, listen, John Moxley on commentary. Oh my God! I'm glad he, you brought this up. He just made he just made the match that much better. He I mean, made the comment, fucking pay per view. Him. I wish he would have been on commentary for the whole pay per view. That oh, me ma- too. Oh, dude, he is so good. And I know he got fined during the pre show because he was dropping f bombs and shit. But dude, this guy is a national treasure. And I put I did that on the post, too. The man is a national treasure on commentary. Listen, whenever John Moxley decides to hang it up, okay, I need him on commentary. I need him to do a podcast because this guy, he's a fucking incredible, bro. It's so natural. At one point, I think he threw his microphone, like his mic off, the, the headset off, and he starts yelling at Brian. He's like, beat it ass, Brian. He starts yeah. yelling at the ring. And he has his feet up on the desk like, oh, my God. And listen, I love John Moxley. John Moxley's my guy. But, man, he's such a fucking gem on commentary, bro. So good. Oh, man, dude. He was – he, like – he dominated a lot of the a lot of the, the match. And you could tell, like, some of the other guys, like Nigel and – Excalibur, they're trying to like get in there to, to say things. <laughs> Mox is just rambling, bro. I mean, and but like he was actually giving good insight he too was. from a wrestler's perspective. Like he was talking about the moves and what they. It was almost like he was like talking about UFC. Like he was describing. Yeah, I mean, he does watch a lot of MMA, so right. he knows this stuff. But uh, it was just pretty fascinating to listen to. On top of him, you know, dropping the f bombs and and throwing the mic down and saying "fuck that guy." Let's yeah, bro. Like. Dude, so funny, man. And and then after the match, it popped me huge. After the match, he's just sitting back in the chair with his feet up. He's like, holy shit. It's, <laughs> it's You know what's so funny? He has his feet up after the match, and he looks exhausted with everything he just watched. Right, and he's, he didn't even wrestle, and he looked, he looked just as exhausted as oh, Brian and, and CSJ. And you know what? Also, he's, a, he's a national treasure. I, I, he really I, I love John Moxley. And also, he couldn't be part of the pay-per-view from an in-ring standpoint, but I'm still... I'm still glad that Tony still gave him like a spotlight and commentary, or whatever. So he still got to be involved with the pay per view um, because he deserves that, man. That guy's Mr. AEW, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure he was chomping at the bit to be in that ring wrestling on this show. He was fucking pumped um, up coming out with Claudio and he wasn't even the one wrestling. <laughs> I know. Yeah. See, I, it's so funny. So good, man. But yeah, he's a fucking gem on commentary, man. I need more John Moxley on commentary. And who's to say, whenever he retires, Give, give me a podcast with John Moxley. Okay, give me that. Maybe he could do Collision or, or one of these other shows for AEW, you know, on commentary because he, he's fucking great. He's amazing. He really is. It's so funny. Like, he's so, like, he he's a man of very little words in certain circumstances, but things that he's into, like something like this, he will just not he, stop talking about. He said something. He had me rolling. It, he said a line at one point during, like, the, the Zach and um, Brian match where he goes, like, yeah, that maneuver just doesn't feel good. <laughs> he said something. He said something. Yeah, just the way he says things, it's too funny. Oh, so good. All right. Uh, we have the Don Callis family, Takeshita, Will Ospreay, Sammy G versus Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kota Bushi. I thought this match was fine, too. I really enjoyed this match also. I will I will say this. 
despite Ricky Starks and Willie Yuta, right? And I'm not saying that match was bad. It's just a match we didn't need on the card. From Strickland to Hangman. I feel after that, every single match delivered. Yeah, yeah, that, that's this is where the show picked up. It for me. picked up like heavy, like it, it just like it, it, you know, it's, it's like if you're driving like a fucking like a muscle car and you hit that you hit that turbo slash nos button and then everything just goes straight full force for like the rest of like drive you're going in. That's how that felt with this paper. You after like after Swerve and Hangman because that match was incredible. That just started like picking up the pace for the rest of the pay per view. Yeah, yeah, totally, 100%. Started off slow. They got all the, uh, I guess, the lesser matches, mm-hmm. the lackluster ones, I guess, if you will. Well, my, out of my, the way minus, first. Minus Ricky Starks and Wheeler Yuta, but, you know. Don't, yeah, t- don't yeah, tell already yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's, let's edit, edit this part out. <laughs> but, um, you know, my biggest takeaway from uh, this six-man tag, and, and the Don Cows family did go over, my biggest takeaway is, yo, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega got some great chemistry, man. They really do. I know they're buddies in real life, but they got some good chemistry, man. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, 100%. I mean, listen, this match was this was really good. Um, and I guess it's like a all-star, like, dream, like, six-man match, right? Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, like, they did the same thing with All In. Like, I just feel like I need to see some of these guys in singles competition. Right. Uh, you know, well, like I think Kenny the Omega story could've... they're telling, especially with Kenny, is that the man right. can't pick up a win. Yeah, yeah, which which is fine, which, you know, I, I don't mind this, that story. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, I think we could have gotten Kota Ibushi versus... Um, Takeshita. Uh, Takeshita, yeah, That should have been show. the match, because the, 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 the spots in this match where we got the like the face-off between Takeshita and Kota Ibushi, it's like, that's something, like, the, give me that. That should have been the Wrestle Dream, like, one of the matches. Yeah, I mean, dude, if 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 it didn't happen here, so I don't know when that's gonna happen. Um, but it seemed like that was an easy match to book for the show. Uh, but I mean, hey, listen, nonetheless, the match was was great. Um, I just, I don't know, I selfishly miss Kenny Omega in big time singles yeah, matches. Yeah. You know, I know we got the Takeshita one at All Out, but wasn't enough to satisfy me. You know, like I, we haven't really seen Kenny Omega consistently wrestling one on one for a long time, and I just feel like. All right, like let's get back to that. <laughs> Bro, who's to say we might get Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson for Title Tuesday next week? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All Who right. knows? Uh, we got FTR versus Aussie Open. This match was great too. I enjoyed. Uh, I'm a big fan of both teams. I think Aussie Open they're fantastic. There was a scary spot in this match where it looked like Mark Davis got hurt. I I didn't see any reports that he got injured or whatever, but he was holding one of his arms. I believe it was the left arm, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm like, oh, no, the man just got back from injury, bro. Like, I don't want this guy to get hurt again. And, you know, I was kind of rooting for Aussie Open to, you know, dethrone FTR because, don't get me wrong, I like FTR. But I just feel like they're in a position where they really don't need the tag titles, man. Like, I would be more intrigued. Like, listen, if Punk was still around, like, I would probably be more intrigued of, like, Punk and FTR, you know, trying to get the trios title. But I just feel like FTR doesn't need the tag titles anymore. At least for a while, they just don't need it. So I don't know what they plan on doing. FTR did retain. I don't know what they plan on doing with Bucks and FTR part 86 in fucking full gear. But I hope they give us some type of stipulation where like it's like a cage match or something. Give me something here. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I mean, that's I mentioned it before. I thought Austin Open was winning after the Young Bucks won. Just, you know, something new, something different, you know. Um, 
But hey, I guess we are running back FTR and Young Bucks unless FTR loses the titles before they challenge for them. Um, but I don't see that happening at this point. But I agree, man. I just feel like, uh, you know, they just don't need these belts. And uh, that's why I do think they're going to drop them to the Young Bucks. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, is that is that the smartest move? Like, why can't you put over a tag team like Aussie Open when you're going to drop yeah. the belts, right? Like, yeah. you don't need to put the Young Bucks over. Um, I'm sure I'm sure they don't want to do that. So, you know, I'm, I know that's not their call. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I totally agree. I thought the match was fine. Um, you know, at this point, this is when I was like, really t- getting tired. Like my eyes were getting like heavy and I was like, Oh, I'll watch this match back tomorrow. And I never did, but, um, you know, I thought it was pretty good for what it was. And now, um, I forget, was it Mark Davis is, is the one that's injured? Mark Davis. Uh, yeah, Mark Davis. Uh, well, I thought he got hurt in this match cause he was holding his arm. But I didn't see any reports following up um, Russell Dream well, that he was well, hurt. He, post, he posted a um, a picture, I think, on Twitter. I saw it today. He was in a full cast. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought that's what I saw. So, I mean, yeah, Ugh. it doesn't look good. Oh, no. That sucks, man. That's terrible. Oh, man, that's rough. Hopefully he could. Hopefully he's not that serious. Hopefully he can make his return soon. But that's rough, man. That's a rough one. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I see it. If I see a picture, but can't find it. All right. Uh, so we talked about Edge making his AEW debut, but let's talk about what led to that. And that's Christian Cage defending the TNT Championship against Darby Allen. It's crazy to see that Christian Cage, right? Forget about Christian Cage main event. Okay. I'm, you know, Christian Cage is a legend. I'm not that. That to me is like whatever. But the fact that the TNT title that the first half of this year really didn't mean shit anymore. Now this title's main eventing a pay-per-view and not for nothing. I feel like Christian Cage is making it feel like a big, making this title a big deal. Yeah. Granted Luchasaurus was the previous champion, but Christian Cage was the one like holding it and being like the speaker for this title. Um, yeah, listen, I, I still do feel like the AEW international championship is leveled up. And the TNT title is underneath it. But what Christian Cage has been doing with this title, I'm not hating it, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, Christian is, uh, he's doing some of the best work of his career. 1,000%. I mean, and nobody saw that coming. Yeah. I don't know if it's a turtleneck. I don't know what it is. But, man, (laughs) Christian Cage is, it's crazy to think how he was with WWE all these years, you know, not even active because he was hurt. He gets cleared, and WWE just lets him go. Like, doesn't even try to renegotiate after having Edge back, right? Nothing. They don't even make the attempt. Yeah, no, I know. Listen, like, it's funny because, what was it, Royal Rumble 2021 when Christian was in it and reunited with Edge? Yeah. And, like, after that, people thought, all right, maybe we're going to get another run of Edge and, and Christian here in WWE. Christian bails. He goes to AEW. Everybody's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then Edge stays in WWE, and he has a decent run. I mean, it was pretty much after WrestleMania 37. Everything he did was kind of just like, whatever, my opinion, of course. Um, but now they're, they're reunited in AEW, and it's like, well, Christian made the right choice by going there in the first he place. He did. Because look, look at what he's done. I just saw a stat where somebody – it was just from like some rando account. They were like, ever since Christian came to AEW, 
He's been TNT champ. He's been Impact World champ. He, he's yeah, he main evented a Bound for Glory for Impact when Impact was doing the stuff with AEW. Like the guy, he also main evented all all out like that year that Adam yep. Cole and Brian showed up. Like the yep. guy has been having a a pretty solid run with AEW, man. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's awesome to see. And I'm, you know, the father gimmick too. Um, you know, I, it's, I mean, it's great. I mean, listen, I, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty dark, but I mean, you know, it pops the crowd. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, hey, I'm here for it. And uh, obviously, like we were talking about the scrum before, I mean, he's just fantastic, man. His facial expressions and everything. And now he's going to take Nick Wayne under his, uh, under his wing and i think that's going to be a pretty interesting pairing so it just seems like there's just always so much more to do with christian and every single time he you know does something new it's like wow it ends up being better than you thought it was going to be yeah yeah and now edge and christian are both in AEW. holy shit man that's it's crazy man but i'm 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 happy for the run that christian's on right now and i'm also happy that now he has his you know his buddy edge with him so you know, regardless if they're going to be feuding or not, they're still, you know, they're buddies. So it's just, like, how awesome. Like, they are literally are going to, like, retire together in the same company. Yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy. I mean, I was that first when the rumors started circulating of Edge going to AEW. I was kind of just like, eh, I think he just should be a WWE lifer, right? Mm -hmm. But now that I think about it, and especially after the article that I was referencing earlier that he did today with yeah. CBS, mm -hmm. it's like, it's honestly too perfect for him not yeah. to end his career with yeah. Christian. Like it just makes too much it sense. Makes sense, bro. Yeah, these guys were so. these guys are like brothers, man. Yeah, I mean, they've been they've been up and down the roads together. Not they've done everything together, right. like. And they have they have a plethora of like. Don't get me wrong; they have friends in WWE too, but they also have a bunch of friends and people that they like and people that they want to wrestle with also in in AEW and. You know, think about it, like he, they're buddies with Jericho, okay? They're 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 buddies with the Hardys. Like there's so many people there that they know. Yeah, yeah. Even know, even exactly. Taz on commentary, that dude, that the dude was legit popping when he was calling. Like he called, like he did like this. Taz on commentary, like did this like Yelp right before Edge hit the spear on Luchasaurus, and then he was like, "The rated R superstar has arrived." He's like, I'm getting goosebumps, boys. And then fucking Excalibur with the unbelievable. Like, it's just, oh, man, it's so good, bro. It is. And especially, like, it's funny you mentioned Taz, too, because then AEW posted a video today um, of, you know, like what happened when the show went off the air. And it's just basically Edge going around the crowd and shaking hands and stuff. But when he gets to the commentary table, you know, he embraces Excalibur. I don't know if they ever met before, mm -hmm. you know, Sunday. But, um, you know, they definitely seem like they knew each other. Um, and then he just gives Taz a big hug. And I was just thinking, I'm like, yeah, him and Taz probably haven't seen each other in years. Yeah, bro. Yeah, in freaking man. years. Mm -hmm. I mean, when were they ever in the last place? When they were in the same place together last? Like, who knows? Yeah, it's it's been... Because if I'm not mistaken, the last WWE show that Taz called, and I could be wrong here, I want to say was WrestleMania... 24 and that was when edge defended the world title against taker yeah i want to wow. say that was the last mania he called i could be yeah. even wrong yeah. with that think about that that's that was back in what 2000 what is it eight maybe 2007 2008 i forget yeah 2008 was 24 yeah that's 
there's there, there could be it that who's to say it it could have been was that 15 years that he, he lasted yeah. Taz? yeah i mean then after you know, that after always... that taz went to tna right right i mean they could have always ran into each other at a convention or something like right. that um but i mean yeah like i would love to know the answers to that you know mm-hmm. uh that's very interesting to me, but yeah, I mean, I, and it's not even just Taz. Like, I'm sure there's a bunch of guys in AEW that Edge has not seen in quite some time either. You know that right. he's familiar with. Uh, so, yeah, it's cool, man. It's really, really cool stuff. Yeah, bro. When wrestling is great, it's fucking great, man. And it's like moments like that. You're just like, oh man. And if you're one of these fucking peckerheads, they're just fucking complain. It's like, what the fuck is there to complain about, man? Like. Dude, I know. I, mean, you know. I sat back on Sunday night, you know, after all this happened too, and I just said to myself, I'm like, dude, thank God for AEW, man. Because if not for AEW, we would just have WWE and Edge would have been retired by now because mm-hmm. there's nothing left, nothing left for him to do. Mm-hmm. And it, there's just so many examples. Like, Brian Danielson probably would be retired because there's nothing more for him to do. Like, bro, AEW has given us so much excitement and has given these wrestlers that we love some extended time on their career. Yep. And it, they're doing that for Edge right now. And listen, like, whether people want to watch it or not, I know so, I saw some people like, oh, I'm not watching Edge on AEW. Listen, your loss, if you're an Edge yeah. fan, you're Let, missing out yep. on the last run of his career just because you're being stubborn and loyal to the one company that you're not even employed to. Exactly. So I just don't understand it. Just enjoy fucking wrestling. And if you don't want to watch the product, that's totally fine. Because listen, I do not watch NXT. But guess what? I don't crap on people that watch it. Enjoy whatever the fuck it is that you want to watch. Yeah, exactly. So fucking stupid. Fucking back. I know, man. Hey, they're missing out. All right. So overall, Wrestle Dream, I thought the pay-per-view was really, really good. And the best way to describe this pay-per-view is it felt like a B-level pay-per-view, even though I thought the pay-per-view delivered. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Like, I... it, like, like the best way to compare it is like, it was a great pay-per-view, but it felt more like a, it felt more like a, like a, a, a fast lane, you know, like, yep. a, like, a like a battleground, you know, like a B-level pay-per-view, but it still felt like a big deal. Yeah, no, I think that's very well said. I, I, when I was going to order this show, you know, I, I just looked at the card one more time and I was going to order it regardless, obviously, right. but I'm like, looking, I'm like, Ugh. You know, this show really doesn't seem like it's worth fifty dollars. You know, <laughs> like, like like that's exactly what I said to myself, and I let out a big sigh until I hit purchase event. Oh yeah, uh, just because like I don't know, like yeah, it was good, but I don't know. I mean, like yeah, you know, I I, I don't want to like crapple over, but like was it necessary? You know, like they could have done these things on dynamite. You know, like they could have had a special dynamite show. Um, I, I, will say, I, can't I, will, I will say this, though. At, at least this pay-per-view, for, for the most part, had kind of a better build than All Out. Like, All Out, we didn't yeah. know shit until the week of. I feel like this one, we kind of already knew some of these matches were coming. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely had better build, for mm-hmm. sure. But I, I, but like I was going back to before, some of these matches did not need to be on the show. Again, you could have made, this show could have been over in three hours, bro. You, you, you have the... The, the top matches on the back end of the show. And then, I don't know, fine. You want to throw in the MJF thing just to get MJF on the show, on the card? Great. Did we need anything else? I don't really uh, and think th- so. You know what? And this is not even including the pre-show match. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, again, that's why, like, I always skip the pre-show. I'm like, you know, you want me to sit here 
for the pre-show, which was 90 minutes, mind you. It wasn't even an hour, okay? And then you want me to watch a four-hour pay-per-view and stay up until midnight? And wait, that's not all. Then you get a post-show scrum that goes three hours as well. Like, bro, I mean, are, are we serious here? And, like, at I least the scrum was good. As much as the next guy. But... At least the scrum was good because, listen, and I know Oridian did a great job at the all-out um, press scrum, but that scrum was brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I know. So, this was probably the best one. Well, one of the best ones they've done in a long time. <laughs> this has been the best one since post brawl out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess in AEW related news, right? We'll we'll uh, transition here. Uh, it's official, bro. Jake Cargill signed with WWE, and WWE has made a big deal about it, putting it putting her all over the social media, uh, ESPN articles, and not only that, they spoke about Jake Cargill last night on Monday Night Raw. Yep. Yeah. I mean, listen, they, they have to shove it in your face that they oh, took yeah. somebody away from the competition. Oh, that's yeah. it. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. You don't see them ever do this, ever, for any signing, okay? Not one. I mean, even I, the, the last time they actually made a big deal about something like this, I think it was AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and the Good Brothers when they posted it on the website and things like that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they just signed people and – you know, I don't know. They just debut. Like, they, they just don't make a big deal out of it. But this, oh, my God. They are rolling out the red carpet for her. They're posting her on their socials. Nah, yeah. uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's it's crazy. But, hey, you know what? They have a star on their hands. Mm-hmm. And they better make sure they, you know, book her like a star. Because they're certainly paying her like one. And they're obviously, you know, uh, making this whole entire presentation to look like they got a star. Now you got to book her correctly, so. Right, right. Yeah, man. Um, I'm excited to see what Jay Cargill does. And uh, wherever she pops up, I'm really excited. And I think it, it was, the, the stars aligned perfectly for her. And ultimately, she's going to do better in, in WWE than she did in AEW. Not saying, not trying to, like, crap on her AEW run or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to do. Because I, I went on record saying, like, I still think there was missed opportunity there. Like, a face run and uh, AEW Women's World Title run there, but obviously it didn't work out. And she just feels like a WWE superstar, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people are just better under the the WWE banner. I mean, I think Cody Rhodes is another one. He's he's done great in WWE. Not to say he wasn't good in AEW, but it just seems like he fits better there. Um, and you know, listen, with two major companies now going head to head. I like seeing this where people are jumping back and forth. Yeah, it's it's not it's great. just a one-sided, you know? Like, for the longest time, it was just WWE guys jumping to AEW. Now, let's see some AEW people jump to WWE, you know? Like, I know Jade's not going to be the last one. Like, there's mm-hmm. going to be more in, in the coming years and who knows, maybe months. And it's just good. It, it makes everything more exciting. It keeps everything fresh and healthy and I mean, for us, the fans, as viewers, like, listen, I get tired of watching the same crap, you know? Like, the women's division on Raw is the same exact thing. The women's division on SmackDown, the same exact thing. Hey, I'm excited to see somebody like Jade come in and, and, you know, mix it up with some of these girls that she's never faced before. Like, I'm excited for that. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited to see where she shows up. I know there was rumors um, circulating today that she's going to be at the pay-per-view this weekend. Whether she debuts there, who knows, but... Yeah, I'm excited to see where she pops up because uh, definitely seems like she's zooming right past NXT, which obviously is the right move. So yeah, yeah, me too, man. Uh, okay, so speaking of pay per views, um, we got a, another pay per view happening this Saturday. WWE Fastlane. Um, 
it's only a five match car as of now. So I mean, we could kind of just spit fire some just thoughts on this. Um, let's let's start from like I guess like least exciting to more exciting. Okay, <laughs> so we have the LWO versus uh, I don't even know what to call them. The new hurt business. I don't even know what to call. Them, but Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Um, this match feels like it's thrown together. I'm sure the match is gonna be fine. I'm sure the match is gonna be exciting because these are all great workers. But it, to me, it seems like, and which I don't know why they're doing this, but to me, it seems like ultimately we're gonna get Santos Escobar turning on Rey Mysterio. Or am I reading this wrong? Yeah, I thought that was going to happen, what was it, last week, week before, whenever they faced off in the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. I thought that's when it was going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like it's headed that way. I mean, I think that's what makes the most sense. Um, yeah, I don't know when it's going to when it's gonna happen, but I thought it would have by now. So I think that's the only logical route. And listen, I actually like the Street Profits here with Bobby Lashley. I think, oh, no, I uh, do too. I do too. You know. I don't really care too much about the street profits in general anymore, but uh, listen, I think it's a, it's a pretty good pairing. I do like, um, I guess, this version of the Herb business that they decided to go with that moniker, but man, this is another thing with WWE, man, that as, as much as I, I do enjoy most of the product, I just feel like they don't capitalize when the iron is hot, man. LW was so fucking hot around WrestleMania, like, you know, season, going into backlash, and then even a little after that. And they didn't capitalize on that, where you could be showcasing these guys, like Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro. You don't have to put the tag titles on them, but let them get a shot for the tag titles. Santos Escobar should have been the one winning the United States title. Not Mysterio. No disrespect to Rey Mysterio. I love him. But Rey Mysterio already had his, you know, time and stuff. Like, I feel like Santos Escobar should have been the guy getting that United States title shot. And once again, you got something high. You have a hot act in the LWO, and now it just doesn't feel as hot anymore. Yeah, listen, that's classic WWE for you. They got something that's hot right on the table. It's selling a lot of merch. It's over, and then they just squander it. So, I mean, hey, I'm not surprised, but... Um, <laughs> what a mess. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. Uh, we got um, Eel Sky defending the WWE... Women's championship against Oscar and Charlotte Flair. Listen, I think this match is gonna be fantastic. Okay, um, I'm not. Who's to say this match could even fucking steal the whole show? That's how good I think this match is gonna be. But it to me, it does feel like Io Sky's uh, women's title run has been a bit forgettable. And you know, you have Oscar and Charlotte. You know, a players. I. I I don't want Io Sky to fucking lose the title or drop it, but it wouldn't surprise me if she does. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think she's gonna drop it. Um, I think she'll retain here. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's gonna be a really good match. And I also agree that her run has kind of just been like whatever. Yep. It's kind of like what you said earlier about Chris Statlander's TBS title run. Yeah, it's a good comparison. It really just like it's so funny how we hope and wish for you know these moments, right? Like Chris winning the TBS title, Io winning the women's championship, and then when it finally happens, it's like, up. Oh, well, now what? And then their runs are always lackluster, and it's kind of just like, ugh, like, I don't know. Like, I, all right, I'm bored. She can drop the title now. Like, it's a shame. Like, and that's why the chase is always better than, you know, once you capture the title. Um, you know, of course, it's not EO's fault here. It's WWE. They just don't know how to book her. But 
uh, listen, I think this is going to be really good. And obviously, I would laugh though if Charlotte ends up winning this. That would just be so. <laughs> that would just be classic WWE right there. I, I would. I'm at the point where I just laugh now. You know, instead of getting mad, uh, that would be classic. Listen, and for the record, I love Oscar and Charlotte, but Eo Sky should be retaining this, not dropping it yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, it wouldn't make me laugh if, if Charlotte ends up <laughs> winning this match. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, all right. So this match orig- originally was supposed to be John Cena and AJ Styles versus the Bloodline with Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokol, right? First of all, to me, that match would have been great, okay? Um, they do this angle where AJ gets attacked by the Bloodline, okay? And he gets fucking stretched out, hospital gimmick, and then uh, Carl Anderson goes like, I told him to stay out of this Bloodline stuff, and... You know, last week on SmackDown, you know, Carl tries to get the revenge. Obviously, gets beat down. Doc Gallows is out hurt, like legit hurt. And AJ Styles, I, I don't know, I don't know what's up with AJ. Is is he injured again, or they just took him out so they could put LA Knight in the spot? Um, I, I, this match is gonna be fine, okay. And I get why they're putting LA Knight in the spot, but at the same time, and maybe because I'm like a big AJ Styles fan, I'm like. Did we really need to put LA Knight here? Unless AJ's hurt and we just don't know about it. I mean, that could be a possibility. Hopefully that's not the case. But I really thought, especially what we've been telling the last couple weeks with AJ and the bloodline, I thought we were going to get like an AJ and Roman program out of this. That's what I thought was going to happen. And I didn't expect AJ to be the one dethroning Roman Reigns, but I'm here for a Roman Reigns-AJ Styles match, and I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, AJ's still over. He's getting crowd great crowd reactions. He could still go in the ring. He's in phenomenal shape, no pun intended. Like, come on, man. Like, it, it's, he's kind of like he's kind of stuck like in an edge situation where it's like, bro, you have AJ Styles in your roster. Use the fucking man. And it's like, I don't know, man. I feel like a guy like AJ, and maybe I'm saying this because I'm just a big fan of AJ Styles. I feel like AJ could do so much more in the company. Like, he could be having like a Shawn Michaels second run S run right now where he doesn't have to win these matches but he could still be put in these like top quality caliber matches with some of these heavy hitters like he could give back to like a lot of these talents and they're not doing that with him so I don't know yeah yeah I I don't know if he's injured or not but this definitely does seem weird and I always like wonder how this goes about right like like if you're I don't know I guess Triple H right you're running creative and stuff like that and you're pitching these ideas to these talents. You're telling AJ Styles that, you know, you're going to be tag in a tag team with John Cena on pay-per-view uh, against the Bloodline. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, like, no, we're going to take you out and put LA Knight in there. Like I said, unless he's injured, I'd love to know how these conversations go, you know, because it's just like, why tease us with one thing to give us another thing? And yeah. especially something where it's not John Cena and like some jobber. It's a dream team. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. So it's like very, very odd. Um, but I think, you know, the Cena and LA Knight pairing obviously speaks for itself. I mean, two megastars, right? Um, LA Knight's on the up and up and mm. seems like they're trying to push him, I guess, now. Um, you know, it's about freaking time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, the match will be good. Yeah. We'll see what happens after that. I mean, I guess you know, Cena's hanging around, obviously, for the foreseeable future now right. it's gonna be his first match back so it should be a fun little tag match yeah but... and this is not hating on la Knight because i do enjoy la Knight. like i like him a lot and i feel like man this guy's another guy that's just white hot right now 
But it's just like the story that you've been telling for the last couple of weeks is with AJ, not LA Knight. So it's like, are, are we just going to forget that when whatever's going on with AJ? And I really hope he's not hurt, right? Whenever AJ comes back or he shows up back on SmackDown or something, who's to say? Maybe he appears on this pay-per-view, right? But like, are we just going to forget like whenever AJ Styles show up that he was feuding with the bloodline? Are we just going to forget that? Like... The, what I could, what I'm thinking of is, you know, Roman Reigns is going to be defending the belt in November at the Saudi show, and you know, there's rumors of him facing AJ Styles there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking AJ is going to come in, get his revenge on the Bloodline, and then, you know, uh, call out Roman and face Roman at that show. So I think AJ is still going to be involved in. This. I, I really hope so, uh, man. I'm here for an AJ Roman match because uh, those two matches they had in 2016 were fantastic, and yep. now you have a different Roman Reigns. And, you know, we know what AJ Styles could do. So it's like, I'm here for that. You know, like, I'm, listen, in a perfect world, I would love AJ Styles to get, like, another world title run, right? But I just don't see that happening. But that doesn't mean you can't use AJ. It's AJ Styles. It's not fucking Joe Schmo, okay? It's AJ Styles. Like, use him. Put him in these spotlights where he could put some of these talents over. And having him and, and Roman have another match, right, for... For the, the title that Roman had left, the Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Galaxy whatever championship, right? <laughs> Having him defend that title against AJ, beating AJ, now you have another fucking name to throw in there of the list of fucking people that fucking Roman just beats, you know? Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. And and we've talked about it at length. I mean, how good those matches used to be between those two guys. And mm-hmm. we haven't seen that in quite some time now. I mean, it's been literally years, right. so... It's a fresh matchup, and uh, listen, at this point, it's like he's beating everybody. Like, this needs to be the next match. It has, so. to, be. It has to be. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's a question, right? Is the Judgment Day fine? Because Finn Balor and David Priest are going to face Cody Rose and Jey Uso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, I, you know, Dom Dom won his NXT oh, title yeah. back tonight. Oh, yeah. So Two-time champ, baby. You would think the Judgment Day are going to retain here to, to, you know, obviously bring them back together. But I think it would be absolutely hilarious if they dropped both <laughs> Cody Rhodes and uh, Jey Uso. I think it'd be so funny. Listen, for for just keeping theme of American Nightmare, for shits and giggles, I would not hate seeing Cody Rhodes holding both titles because they're red and blue. All right. So for yeah, yeah, for, for comedic purposes, I would not hate them holding the tag titles. All right, but I don't want to see ju- like I, I hate the teases of Jub- Judgment Day having friction. I just feel like can can we still keep them together until like like let's get more of the teases in twenty twenty four because Judgment Day has been carrying WWE. I feel like they're the new bloodline, if you will, because the bloodline story right now is like at a at a standstill all right i'm not saying the bloodline story is whack i'm not saying that the bloodline story is over but we haven't gotten any movement with the bloodline story it's like put on pause right now and judgment day has been fucking carrying that ball they're the new bloodline so it's like i i hate the the friction with valor and priest i don't like that i don't like that i know they're telling a story here but like I, I still want them to be a unit. So I, I need Judgment Day to retain the tag titles on on, on Saturday. I was gonna say Sunday, Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you know, I understand they're telling a story too. But like, I guess it's because I've been watching for so long now. 
it's like I could see right through this, you know, like I've seen this story over and over where a faction, you know, there's friction in a faction and they tease splitting up and all these things happen where they make you think they're going to mm-hmm. split up and then all of a sudden they come back together and they're fine. Like, I know they're not splitting up the Judgment Day right now. Right. And if they do, it's it's going to be something as simple as Damien Priest is out, Jordan Devlin. Uh, yeah, because Jordan Devlin uh, right now, KD he's Victor. like the, I don't want to call him a jobber. But he's like, uh, yeah, he's, he's a jobber. <laughs> okay, fine. You took it, you took it out of my. Like he's like the jobber of the Judgment Day. That's not officially part of the Judgment Day. He's like, and I know some of the some of the old the, the older heads that that have been longtime wrestling fans are going to understand this. He's like the Disco Infernal to what the Wolfpack was back in the day when Hogan like when Hogan reunited with Nash and Hall and them, and you had like the this like Super Wolfpack, right? And Disco Inferno used to always try to tag along, tag along, and be like the fall guy for them. That's what yeah. Jordan Devlin is right now to the Judgment Day. He's the Disco Inferno of the Judgment Day. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a great comparison. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. That's exactly what he is. But I mean, this is like if they are going to do something, it's just going to be like that. Bring him in and then kick somebody out. I, I they're too over right now. The Judgment Day. They sell too much merch. Yeah. They're a top selling act. They're not breaking the group up altogether. So yeah. I could see right through this, you know. So like, yeah, that's why I'm just kind of like, all right, it's getting played out now. Um, Dude, it's but, so yeah. nuts, bro. That this was Edge's stable. It's so nuts. Yeah, yeah. This was originally Edge's stable, and it kind of took Edge being like, you know, whatever. Like he got kicked out or whatever. Just created differences where he's like, all right, I, I, I'm, I'm done with this. That it, that's when you really felt the Judgment Day actually be like an actual group, because it just felt like, and and I don't know if this was like, I don't, Edge is too much of a creative mind for me to even think like Edge was coming up with the creative. I think like just the creative was just so bad, like it just wasn't good, man. It wasn't good for the, that first like two three months of the Judgment Day. The creative was not good at all. Yeah, no, it was it was brutal. It was br- once Edge left the group, that's when it became hot. So yeah, it's yeah. funny how that works out, you mm-hmm. know. Okay, um, I'm assuming this is going to be the main event. You have Seth Rollins defending the world title against Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match. Okay. The one, this match is going to be fantastic, okay? Uh, listen, I have been enjoying Rollins' world title uh, run. Um, he's been an incredible world champion. But I feel like this is a very similar situation to Finn Balor and Rollins back at SummerSlam. Back at SummerSlam, I think we both were in agreement. I think this might be ba- Balor's moment. I think you put the world title on Finn Balor. I think it's, Rollins doesn't need it. He doesn't. And I feel the same way here with Nakamura. And and maybe I'm biased because I'm a huge Nakamura guy, okay? But it's like, if you're going to do it, it feels too perfect. Like, if you're going to do it, just do it now, man. Like, both, I can make this argument for both Balor and Nakamura. They deserve to be world champions, man. They really do. And granted, Balor won the world title once, the universal title. But does it really count? Because they only held it for a day because of injury, all right? Nakamura, the man has yet to be the world champion in WWE. Just fucking throw him a bone, man. Even, I hate to say this, but even if it's just a transitional champion, like, who's the fucking say, right? Even though I don't want this to happen, but who's the fucking say Judgment Day drops the tag titles and then Nakamura beats Rollins and fucking Damon Priest cashes in? 
at least Shinsuke could say he was a world champion in WWE, man. Like, I don't know, man. When it comes to guys like Balor and Nakamura, I'm just like, they deserve to be world champions. And I think Nakamura deserves to be a world champion. So, Rollins doesn't need the title. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Rollins is going to retain. But I really wish Nakamura dethrones Rollins at, at um, I was going to say Mania. I mean, fast. Yeah, no, listen, I don't disagree with you. I really don't. I don't disagree with any of the statements you just made. Listen, Finn Balor really, really deserved it. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it. Nakamura also deserves it, but he's also not going to get it. And I just feel like, you know, the the more, uh, you know, Rollins retains, the closer we're getting to Rollins versus Gunther at Mania for, for that world heavyweight title. So I sadly, wouldn't hate that. No, no, I wouldn't hate it either. But that just means that he ain't dropping this belt now for a long time. Listen, so, like, man. all all these title matches that are kind of possibly be coming up with him, I just don't see him dropping the belt to any of these guys. And that, and that's the thing, too. And I, I feel like we talked about this, too. Whenever Gunther drops the IC title, you better have a big spot for him. Like, what are we doing next with Gunther and, like, the character development of Gunther? Like, because this IC run that he's on, we we always talk about Roman Reigns and the run he's on with the Universal title, even though the guy's never there, never never on the sh- on any show, right? But Gunther's there every week. This IC run that he's on, man, he's made the IC title feel important again, okay? And he even says it in his promos, like this is the only championship that matters, all right? The Ring General, right? And if as much as I I will. Would have loved to see Balor defeat Rollins at SummerSlam, and in this case, you know Nakamura defeating Rollins at Sun on Saturday. If if all roads point to a Gunther and Rollins match at Mania, first of all, the match is gonna be fantastic, and two, you know what? I wouldn't hate Gunther being the guy to take that world title from Rollins. That that that, that there's something something might be going on there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that's a strong possibility of happening. I mean, they're already running that match on live events. Um, I saw, you know, a couple of dark matches yep. uh, on, like, you have to roll and things like that. So they're definitely testing the waters there. I mean, that's I think that's got to be the match if Rollins is not going to drop the belt to any of these guys, like Rollins, uh, you know, like Balor or Nakamura. Um, but listen, you know, I, I think this is a good thing in a way. It's a good problem to have that every single time – Rollins gets a challenger. You're hoping and wishing that they become champion. It just means that he's in meaningful feuds and yes. in meaningful matches with, with, you know, guys, again, of his caliber and guys that he should be facing off with, you know. So it's it's fresh. It's exciting. Um, so, listen, I'm enjoying the run of Rollins. But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't hate if Nakamura won, especially because he's doing some of the best work that he's done in years. I mean, this, this heel Nakamura has just been brilliant. It, it it has been really really good. Um, I still feel like he's still likable though, even though he's being like a, like a just a, a piece of shit heel. But um, it's it, it's it's definitely over it's over exceeding my expectations because I'm like, how can you boo Nakamura? The man is just too cool. But he's actually been doing a great job in this heel run. Totally different from what the shit he was doing in 2018 with AJ. Um, totally different. This is a complete. I, I wish. I wish we would have gotten this Nakamura when he was feuding with AJ, you know? Yes, yes, 100%. Absolutely. And, yeah, and um, yeah, I think this match is going to be awesome, and I do expect Seth Rollins to retain, but there's still that part of me that wishes Nakamura could dethrone him, just like I did with Balor. But um, 
nonetheless, I think this paper is going to be all right, man. It's still a B-level show, but it's still going to be a really good B-level show. Yeah, listen, like, in a five, if it stays at a five-match card like this, like a little mini NXT TakeOver. Yeah, TakeOver I mean, seen, Yeah, we, we've seen the, the B-level pay-per-views that, you know, Triple H has been doing that have been really, really good. So it'll just be a fun little night of wrestling. Like, it's not, it's, I don't think it's meant to be taken so serious. Like, it's not a huge, huge event. It's just like a, just like a fun little show, I guess, you know, a premium live event to put on and, uh. You know, I'm, I don't know if I'll be watching it live, but I'll definitely check it out, you know, the next day or something, so. Yeah. Speaking of PPVs, and we'll, and we'll wrap up with this. Um, so we have, I think it's Money in the Sand 10 that's ha- happening uh, in November, you know, Crown Jewel, the Crown Jewel gimmick. But also, we did not talk about this in the last episode. Um, next year, for the Chamber of Elimination, Elimination Chamber, they're going to be in Australia, which means, if I'm not mistaken... If we want to watch it, watch it live here in the states, I think we're gonna to have to wake up like at six something in the morning. Like we're watching New Japan or like five in the morning. Yep. I forget. Yep. Yeah. No, I think you're you're right on point with that. I think it's gonna be very early in the morning. Um, but man, I love shit like that. I, I don't hate it. You know what? I don't fucking hate it. <laughs> and listen, it's the least we can do, right? Like like these people that live in Australia, Japan, etc. They are always waking up early or staying up late to watch these shows that yep. are here in the States. So the the least we could do is do it for one pay-per-view. So, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. And um, yeah, listen, overall, wrestling's great. I have been enjoying, for the most part, you know, I have my critiques here and there. But overall, I have been enjoying everything, for the most part. Um, um, I, I don't know when's going to be the next wrestling show I go to live. But other than that... Um, I have been enjoying wrestling all across the board, you know, with the WWE, AEW, you know, the little stuff of Impact that I watch. I've been enjoying that, too. Um, Sammy Callahan's now a fucking free agent. You got a big GCW weekend happening in AC with Fight Club and the War Games and stuff. So overall, um, I think wrestling's in a good place, man, and just like what you like, you know? Amen, bro. Amen, man. So it's, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, and uh, you know, let's just enjoy it. Let's put this tribal tribalist oh, bullshit yeah. off to the side. Just enjoy it, because you know I don't. It's it's hot right now, and it's it's really really good to see. Yeah. All right, bro. That's it, man. Give me your plugs in. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. Um, you know, here and there, I'll pop on Twitter, live tweet some stuff, and. Uh, you know, I haven't really been too active on it. I did tweet about Edge, and then I couldn't pass up the opportunity to log on just before we went live here and just uh, have my fun with the NXT announcements uh, tonight. So, <laughs> you know, follow um, it on Twitter if you haven't, at Lucha Outsiders. All right, you can follow me at RatedArsons87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter X, the threads that I haven't been on there in months. Um, yeah, follow us on all our social media platforms. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. And um, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm not gonna tell you where you can find the show because if you're listening to this right now, you know where to find it. Um, don't know when's the next maybe we're gonna do a show Sunday. I'm not sure. I don't know when's the next time we're gonna do a show. <laughs> Whether it's Sunday or maybe sometime next week, I'm not sure. But till then, for the old man Leo that's not here for our double Ryan radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time. Keep it rated R. Stay too sweet.